1: So, thank you for tuning in to Chomping Out the Bit. This is episode number 96. I'm Kyle Edwards, of course. And, as I said in the last episode, it is NFL Draft Week. And we have made it to the first time of the NFL Draft, which will be tonight at 8 o'clock. Um, so, I'm hoping to get this out to you at least a couple hours before. That way you get a chance to really get, I guess, warmed up before watching the draft, uh, we'll be on this ABC ESPN NFL Network. I believe that's it. Probably some other places you could probably find online or whatever, but, but yeah, we have come to that point. I mean, the NFL does a great job of really spreading out their calendar because, I mean, they get playoffs January, February of the Super Bowl, March you get, oh, uh, what's March? It's like free agency, is it March? You get your draft in April, uh, I think May is like OTAs, then June's training camp, uh, July like a continuation of training camp or something August you getting ready for preseason so this is the big event for the NFL I mean this is where teams look to correct some of the wrongs from last year as well as uh, the teams that have struggled you know continue to build for their future and for some teams complete teardown and starting all over again um Uh, This year, the draft is in Cleveland, Ohio. There will be fans there. There will be prospects there. I believe there's 13 of them who have been invited and will be there, which is always a scene to watch because there's always that, uh, you know, anticipation of who's going to be the last guy in the green room, as they call it. And we had some memorable moments over the years. Everybody remembers the, was Brady Quinn when he was dropping in the draft, and he was just kind of anxiously there waiting, and kind of like messing with his girlfriend's hair while he was waiting for his name. There was the uh, I think Aaron Rodgers became a you know big viewing point because he continued to drop, and it was just like, uh, wondered to see how fall he how far he would fall and. Yeah, and I know Roger Goodell said earlier, I think last week or so they said the bro hugs were back on this year. Of course, last year they did it virtually, and it was actually a pretty, pretty good success. Um, I know when they first announced it was gonna be virtual last year, there was a lot of thought of if they could capture the emotion and and the atmosphere being virtually. I mean, they did as well as they could. So, but this year, back to normal, live crowd. Cleveland's a great fan base, so should get some good reactions out of the crowd. Um, like I said, starts at eight o'clock. First round is like I said, first round's tonight. Tomorrow night you get your second and third round, and then four through seven Saturday. Tonight should be about you know eight till maybe like eleven thirty or so. They get. I want to say they got five minutes between picks or something like that. So, so we'll see. I mean, if there's trades and stuff that kind of pauses the clock until the trades gone through, and then the clock gets reset. So, if there's a bunch of trades in the first round, then it could go a little longer. But we'll definitely have to see. I'm expecting some trades. I think it's going to be an interesting night. There's, you know, to most of the uh, experts out there, there's like 18 top prospects in this first round. And we've talked about, you know, last episode how there's the five quarterbacks that everybody's going after. Well, not everybody, but the teams that who need a quarterback, there's five. Bonafide first round picks this year. So you might see some jockeying towards the uh, middle. Well, the top half of the first round, of course, to try to get those guys. Um, pretty good wide receiver depth for the first round. So some teams who may be uh, offensively challenged, as I'll put it, will be trying to get one of them or Some teams that have quarterbacks that are kind of in a prove-it year may try to get a wide receiver to show that the quarterback has support from the organization. And then defensively, there's some playmakers out there, some edge rushers, there's some uh, well-named corners. And if you've been an NFL fan long enough, you're going to see some Maybe some of your favorite NFL players' kids get drafted tonight, which is always interesting. But um, what I'm going to do on this episode, of course, is as I promised in the last one, I'm going to give you my first round mock draft. I'm going to do the whole first round. I'm going to pick for everybody. Now, I'm not going to incorporate trades because that would just make this episode longer, and I don't really want to do that. Plus, to try to predict... Who's going to trade where and where? I mean, that's no, I'm, I can't do all that. I will, as I go through the picks, of course, let you know which picks I think are in play and could get moved, and then let you know what teams may move up and all that kind of stuff. So, Let's see if there's anything else before we go ahead and get into this. Um, hmm. Well, I guess one quick, interesting... Well, actually, a couple of interesting notes that came out of the NFL not too long ago. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers has told some people in the Packers organization that he no longer wants to be there. I mean, I will probably go further into it on another episode because... This is kind of a regular thing with him where he'll periodically just kind of lash out at the organization in a public way to try to get what he wants I'm assuming he's saying that because he wants them to draft a wide receiver that's my guess now does Green Bay maybe call his bluff and draft who they really want to draft if it is a wide receiver or not maybe they want to draft a defender do they do it? we'll have to see is it legit? And Green Bay kind of gets to the point where they're sick of it. Try to trade him at some point this weekend. Well, probably not because he's uh, at his level of stardom in the league, I guess. It's probably something they want to make sure they get the right offer and all that kind of stuff. So maybe something that happens after the draft. We'll have to see. Um. And then the other thing was Tim Tebow, there's a name that you may not have heard of, well, not heard of, but heard from in a few years. But there's a story that he may have contacted the Jaguars or may have showed up down there or something like that. And the interesting is, interesting thing about the story is that he supposedly is open to being a tight end, which. If you guys remember when he was first trying to get into the league, a lot of people thought he would never make it as a quarterback. He'd have to switch positions. He was kind of stubborn about it back then. Said he wanted to be a quarterback. I mean, he had a little bit of success. He did win a playoff game. Gotta give him that. But after his career quickly flamed out, he tried baseball. I believe he recently retired from baseball or something. So I guess you, well, he was only a minor leaguer I don't think he ever made it to the majors but he retired so but now it seems like he's ready to try NFL again as a tight end so we'll have to see what happens there I mean Urban Meyer's down there he has experience with Urban Meyer so we'll have to see about that but that's the story for down the line see where that goes but now with all of that Let's go ahead, let's get this mock draft going because I'm sure you're all interested to hear who I have going where. Now, as we know, the Jaguars have the first pick. There's really no reason to, you know, babble on about it. We all know who they're going to take. So, first pick, Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. We've known that since last season ended and Jacksonville knew they were getting the number one pick. We knew they were going to take him. Mm-hmm. Now, number two, we have the Jets. There's a lot of speculation when the draft process started and Sam Darnold was there. Would the Jets try to go all in and really try to help Sam Darnold? Do they go quarterback and move Sam Darnold? Well, we've already realized Sam Darnold's no longer there. They're obviously taking a quarterback. It's been well-known. Well, it used to be Justin Fields was going to be the second quarterback. But somewhere along the line, Zach Wilson became the hot name in the quarterback tier. And the Jets have basically have made it known they're going to take Zach Wilson. So number two pick, the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson. Here is where the draft gets started for most people's number three. San Francisco now has the third pick. If you remember, I think they had like the sixth pick traded back with Philadelphia to like number, uh, stay with me on this one, to number 12. And then like three days later, they traded from number 12 up to number three. And a lot of people have been speculating what they do it for. Now, I was thinking the other day, what if San Francisco did it to draft Kyle Pitts? Um, Because they have Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, there's been talk about whether Lynch and Shanahan actually like him or not. But we know he's an established quarterback and he's not old. He's 27, maybe. So, if they wanted to, you know, if you bring in Kyle Pitts, then you create a problem for defenses with Kyle Pitts and George Kittle out on the field at the same time. Two tight end set. Both guys are more receiving inclined, but you can get a blocking tight end, like, seventh round if you want to. That's no problem. And they lost... Was it Kendrick Bourne from the receiving core? They still have Debo Samuel, so uh and Pitts is a guy who has wide receiver skills in a athletic tight end's body. So I wouldn't be surprised if he lines up like a wide receiver on you know some plays, but um apparently the consensus is that the 49ers moved up to three to apparently take Mac Jones. Now, if it were me, I would do what I said and go with Kyle Pitts. But if the report is true and the consensus is Mac Jones, then I'm going to go ahead and draft Mac Jones for them. And Mac Jones is a guy who through, you know, the championship season in Alabama, through offseason workouts, through pro days and all that kind of stuff. I got to give it to him. He's really made a name for himself and has put himself in a position to where some people don't really think 49ers are crazy for taking Jones here at three. As I said, I wouldn't do it, but it looks like they're going to do it. So I'll go ahead, give them uh, Mac Jones. So now from here on out, we don't really have any consensus on any of these picks. So I'm just picking based off of how I think it's going to go. The Falcons at four. This is an interesting one because this is a pick where, well, this is the first spot that I see a trade could happen. Now, if San Francisco does really take Mac Jones a three, that means three out of the five big-name quarterbacks are already off the board. So at that point, the minute Goodell says Mac Jones, expect the Falcons' phone to start ringing off the hook because teams are going to be looking to move up there. And there's even some talk that the Falcons could take a quarterback here. I think it'd be stupid of them at this point because they have so much money tied up into Matt Ryan for the next two years, it'd be a complete waste at number four to draft a guy who's not going to see the field for like three years. And with all the issues the Falcons have, that's the last thing I want to see. If you're going to tell me that they'll be able to trade Matt Ryan or something, fine. I don't see that, and as I've said on here during the NFL season, Matt Ryan is not their issue. So... We'll have to see. Uh, We did hear from the Saints, not Saints, former Saints GM, Terry Fontenot, who's now the Falcons GM, that he is open to trading Julio Jones, which I have to say, about time somebody in that building started thinking about that because Julio Jones is, what, 32. He gets hurt every year. Clearly, he's not going to get healthier as he gets older. You already have Calvin Ridley there. Like I said, you have Matt Ryan. I feel like you would be doing the team of service to kind of move on from Julio, build the offense around Ridley, Matt Ryan, whoever you can have emerge as a running back, fix your offensive line, really fix the defense and all that. So I say all that to say, I have a feeling that with San Francisco taking Jones at three, Falcons are probably going to take Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, with the number four pick. Not, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it. He would give them a dynamic offensive player, because now if you look at it, if everything goes right, You'd have Matt Ryan under center. You have Ridley. I guess at this point, you still have Julio when he's healthy. You now have Pitts. That's three really good pass catchers. Then the rest of this draft, you can go offensive line. Probably take a running back. Depending on how the running back board shapes out, you can take one middle of the draft or whatever. But after this pick, I would expect them to go heavy on the defense. So pits number four. Now, number five, we have Cincinnati Bengals. Another interesting pick. I think the Bengals will make this pick. So this is one where there's there's like a little internal battle where Joe Burrow, LSU guy, wants Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU, who he played with. I also think they could go with a tackle here to help protect Joe Burrow after he got injured his rookie year. But you know what? wide receivers are a more glamorous pick I feel like offensive linemen you can find those throughout the draft um, they could draft a you know left tackle second third round and be fine Jamar Chase great playmaker they already have the connection uh, AJ Green I believe AJ Green is gone now where did he go did he go to Arizona? Yeah. AJ Green's in Arizona. So he's gone. You bring Jamar Chase in. Next five, six years, Burrow and Chase, and then offensively you go from there. So I'm going wide receiver out of LSU, Jamar Chase, number five for to the Bengals. Now we're up against, I mean, up to pick number six with the Dolphins. Dolphins are an interesting team. They traded up with the Eagles to get up to the sixth spot. And Dolphins are a team that's on the come up. They look like they're going to be a playoff team last year. Fizzled out at the end. They have Tua as their quarterback. There were some questions about Tua and whether and maybe the Dolphins would draft a quarterback here. But I think there is some commitment to Tua. So if you're going to do that, best thing is to surround him, of course, with uh, proper prospects. Now, I know they need some offensive line help. Brian Flores is a defensive guy, so they could go defense here. But... They technically could go wide receiver as well. But I think for Tua, and since he's not that big of a guy, I think they would do well here to take an offensive lineman. And this point in the draft, I feel like there's only one that makes sense. So I'm going to say pick number six, the Eagles, not the Eagles, the Dolphins are going to take Pinay Sewell, Tackle out of Oregon. I mean, he's a mammoth of a guy. He's really athletic for a tackle. So you stick, still let tackle, and you have now protected Tua's blind side and off the edge, depending on which side you put him. I think he's a left tackle, but most tackles can play left or right tackle. So since Tua's left-handed, his blind side's technically right tackle, but... I think most teams put their best edge rusher on the left side. So, makes sense. So yeah, they would get Penesul, which is a need, and they would feel perfectly happy about it. Now on the seven, got the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are always picking in the top ten. They did make a change at coach. Hoping to change the uh, I guess the aura around that team of failure hopefully this pick is a step in the right direction they traded away Matthew Stafford they brought in Jared Goff if you bring it in Jared Goff give him weapons I feel like this is another pick that could be in play because like I said Detroit needs a lot so they'd be it would probably be in their best interest to trade down from seven get some more picks and go about it that way. But like I said, I'm not going to factor in trades. So Detroit sticking at seven. I think. I feel there's two names at play here. I could see Michael Parsons, the linebacker from Penn state, or if they go offense, they're going to go wide receiver And it'd probably be one of the Alabama guys, Smith or Waddle. I think Detroit's going to take wide receiver out of Alabama, Devontae Smith. Right there, you give Jared Goff a weapon to develop with next year. And yeah, it fills one piece of that. Puzzling in Detroit that needs a complete overhaul. And starting with Devontae Smith, good place to start. He was the Heisman Trophy winner for, I mean, for goodness sake, last year. He's a speedy guy. Not that big. He weighed in at like 160 pounds. A little bit troublesome because you got safeties at like 225 looking to rip your head off. I mean you got linebackers at like two twenty five flying around trying to rip your head off, so but can't go wrong here. Devontae Smith to the Lions at seven. So now we have the Panthers at number eight. Okay. They traded with the Jets like last month. They got Sam Darnold. They traded Bridgewater away uh earlier this week to the broncos so before the darnold trade i said i was thinking they were gonna take a quarterback here but now they have darnold and darnold is still really young he just needs to be in a situation where he can um kind of be given some tools to succeed and Matt Rule coming in with a college mind, fresh mind for Sam Darnold I don't think they go quarterback here I do think they will draft a quarterback though, but not here, probably like second, third maybe fourth round as a guy to back up Darnold and then if Darnold ultimately doesn't work there, then the successor is sitting behind him So with that, if you have Darnold. I kind of think they may go wide receiver here. Because offensively, you're going to have Darnold. You got Christian McCaffrey, although he was hurt last year, but he's a dynamic player. They still have Robbie Anderson, who was great for them last year. I think it would be a good move for them to get another wide receiver. Well, do they they have Curtis Samuel, who's like their do it all guy? Um, Oh, yeah, they lost him in free agency. That's right. I just remember that. He's in Washington now. So it makes sense to go wide receiver. So I'm going to go back to back Alabama here and say that the. Panthers take Jalen Waddle, wide receiver out of Alabama, at number eight. Really like that pick. Jalen Waddle. I am a big fan of his. I understand he got hurt last year, but I think he has a shot of being the best wide receiver in this group. But, of course, situations dictate that, and we'll have to see if Matt Rule is a sticking point down in Carolina and they can build something down there and Carolina doesn't overreact if he struggles next year and you know fire him or something but starting off Darnold, Waddle let's go so now we're at number 9 Denver Broncos like I said they just went ahead and traded for Teddy Bridgewater I mean Bridgewater's not dynamic in any way but what he is, is steady. You know what you're getting with Bridgewater. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's good decision-making. He will hit open receivers. He protects the ball. So, and I think with that Denver team, where they had Drew Lock, which he's still there. Drew Lock is still young. So they could give him another shot. Kind of do the two of... Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick thing that the Dolphins did last year same thing there I know they need a quarterback I think they may be in the same boat as Carolina they may go quarterback later in the draft it's tempting here for me to go quarterback but I don't think that's the right move for them but I do think the Broncos will go ahead and take ah. there's two names here Once again, I could see Micah Parsons going here, the middle linebacker who's like the new age linebacker of speed and um, playing on open space. Parsons is more of a, I think, around the ball linebacker. You don't want to have him roaming in space too much, covering tight ends and all that kind of stuff. Because he might get a little lost, because they didn't really do that with him at Penn State. Not saying that that's a skill he can't develop, but based off of what I've seen, what I've seen with him, he's kind of like a Dante Hightower type from the Patriots, like a legit middle linebacker who assesses what the offense is doing if they're running the ball, finds an opening, shoots the gap, makes a play. Uh, Screen passes, he's great there because around the ball, blowing those up. And I think that's a great get for Denver in a division. Patrick Mahomes, um, Justin Herbert, uh, Derek Carr, I almost call him David Carr, Derek Carr with the Vegas. So number nine, the Denver Broncos take Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. Alright, moving along here to the, the Dallas Cowboys. We I mean we all know about the Cowboys. Jerry Jones, the party starts for him. Um, so at this point, we I I mean it's pretty safe to say Jerry Jones wants to go for a Big Splash. Big name. Um now Parsons Gets past Denver at nine. I could see Dallas taking him because uh, Sean Lee just retired. The off-injured linebacker for the Cowboys was the quarterback of the defense when he was out there. But with Parsons gone, I do think they go defense here. Um, They could go with an edge rusher, but I think it's a little high for that. Uh, I'm expecting them to go corner because there's some big-name corners in this draft. We have Patrick Sertan the second. Uh, we have J.C. Horn and Caleb Farley, as well as Asante Samuel Jr. Interesting enough, three of those cornerbacks had dads who played in the league. So... I don't think they go with Asante Samuel. Maybe Sertan. Alright, I'm going to go with Patrick Sertan. That's the Cowboys take at number 10. Number 11. So now we're going to go like a little run of the NFC East. So the Giants are now on the clock at 11. So this is a spot where I think they go offensive line here. Got to protect Daniel Jones. Um, I like the trajectory on Daniel Jones every year. Seems like he is getting better. He's got mobility. He's got arm strength. You just got to protect him. So with Panay Sewell already gone, I think at 11, they... I mean, there's two guys kind of in this area. You have Rashawn Slater for Northwestern. You have Dara Shaw, Virginia Tech. I think the better choice here is Rashawn Slater, who's another guy who's kind of lifted his draft stock in the offseason. He's become a name that's really shooting up boards. But I think here, perfect spot to take him. You stick him on the end of the line, protect Daniel Jones, and... Start will keep the train rolling with Daniel Jones' development. I think if done right, uh, Daniel Jones can lead the Giants to a division title next year. I don't know if that's a hot take because that division is kind of a crapshoot, but I like Daniel Jones, I gotta say. So now we're at 12 Philadelphia Eagles are on the board. They have Jalen Hurts I feel like Philly fans are going to want them to take a quarterback here but once again I think it'd be stupid to do that here oh man Uh man, oh, man, oh, man. Because now that I've done this, there's two quarterbacks there. Although for some reason, I think at this point, there may only be one quarterback left. I'm starting to rethink the Denver pick of Micah Parsons, but I'm going to stick with it because I picked it. I'm just going to go with it. But the Eagles... I think would be tempted to take one. But I think for all intents and purposes, it doesn't make sense here. Because like I said, Jalen Hurts hasn't been given an opportunity to actually start yet. And you went through all that to draft him was it two years ago? So... I think it'd be a waste to go there. Now, Jalen Hurts could use some weapons. They don't really have anybody dynamic outside as a wide receiver. (sighs) But, I mean, Smith, Waddle, Chase are all gone at this point. Do they reach maybe a little bit and go Rashad Bateman? Yeah, I think they do. I think at number 12, they go Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. He's a guy who, depending on who you listen to, there's like a mixed bag on him. Some think he could surprisingly be the best wide receiver. Some think he could be a guy who not really is a bust, but doesn't play up to where he gets drafted that makes sense so I'm going to go with Bateman there 12 I think it'd be crazy for the Eagles to go quarterback it doesn't make sense to me because you're going to have Hurts and then you're going to draft a young guy that could become a weird situation in the locker room um, so yeah if they want to draft a project quarterback later on, fine. Because at least that way you're giving that person a couple of years to sit behind, Hurts or you know whatever veteran quarterback you have there to learn on the job. That way there's not you don't create the situation where Jalen Hurts feels like he's looking over his shoulder every time he makes a mistake. So Bateman's the guy there. Thirteen. Charges on the clock. They already have their quarterback in Justin Herbert, who balled out last year. Great starting block for them. So now, with this pick, they could go a couple of ways. Um, They definitely need some offensive line help. And with him clearly being the future of the franchise, that'd be a great place to start. So, but also in that division you could use all the secondary help that you need but I think at this point they go tackle and they go Christian Darashaw out of Virginia Tech number 13 to the Chargers alright so now number 14 we have the uh, Vikings and hmm where do we go with the Vikings because the Vikings still have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback I mean Kirk Cousins is infuriating
3: This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Are you prepared for a more sustainable future? Critical climate challenges require critical thinking. Move from theory to action with a human-led, tech-powered approach that can move the needle on the mercury, but also help you build trust and drive positive change for your business and for our planet. ESG is part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.
1: Oh, he had a good year last year. But I think that's a team, once again, that if they're going to go quarterback, they're not going to do in the first round. So, once again, two quarterbacks are going to sit there. So, where do they go here? J.C. Horn sitting there wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah, Christian uh, Barrymore wouldn't be bad to go there. Defensive line. The only person on the line that would make sense here is Elijah Vera Tucker. Even though know, this could be a little high for him, but so this could be a pick that maybe with the two quarterbacks still there, somebody from, you know, like late teens area may try to do a trade here to jump up to get one. Or since Minnesota is not going to take one here. No, I think that could be, this could be a pick that gets traded. But if they stayed there, I'm going to say they take Elijah Vera Tucker. And between the Chargers and the Vikings with Dariushawn Tucker, those two picks could get flipped very easily. But that's where I'm going to go. It's so now 15, got my Patriots. So once again, if this is your first episode, I am a Patriots fan. Born and raised in Boston, so there you go. So now with my Patriots there at number 15 gotta tell you if this plays out the way that I have this draft going I mean all my Patriot fans out there throw a party because now they are sitting in a beautiful position where Fields, Lance both there we all know the quarterback situation they have Cam Newton he's on a one year deal And it's basically seen as a bridge year again, where he's going to be used to hopefully groom the quarterback here. There's Jared Stidham. Now, I don't think they've completely given up on Stidham, but they would rather have it be like a real competition between this young guy and Stidham like next year. If Stidham turns out and beats them, fine but at least this guy's there to come in after Stidham if he does flame out so sitting here we got Fields and Lance I think to some people it's a tough choice gotta be honest with you this is a scenario that plays out I'm expecting the Patriots to run up there and go with the quarterback out of Ohio State, Justin Fields. If it does come out to Fields and Lance, you can't go wrong with either one. But to me, Fields with his success in that Big Ten, it means something. Now, there's been a lot of talk the past couple of days about how his throwing motion is terrible and all this kind of stuff I mean I feel like I never heard that when he was playing big primetime games at Ohio State I never heard anybody talk about his throwing motion so the fact that it's been coming out lately I'm not buying it so I'm going fields here so now we're at 16 got the Cardinals Cardinals are set at quarterback they got my guy Kyler Murray there and For them, they don't really need a wide receiver. And there aren't really any wide receivers here at this point. Because you have Larry Fitzgerald, the ageless one. you got DeAndre Hopkins. Now you have A.J. Green. Which, sneaky. Kind of a dope wide receiver group. Kyler Murray could have a really big year next year. But um, here, I think they go defense. So kind of break up the recent run of offensive players. I think they go cornerback here. They could go D-lineman, but I think cornerback's more of a fit. And there's a guy sitting there for them that would be perfect. I think it's J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina, going to Arizona. That division you have D.K. Metcalf. And Russell Wilson in Seattle. You have Matthew Stafford and uh, Cooper Cup with the Rams. And then Niners, you got Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle. Or Mac Jones and George Kittle. Hmm. So J.C. Horn's the pick. So now we're to the Raiders. And gotta say the Raiders kind of like the Cowboys they're going to want to make a splash here question is who exactly makes a splash here oddly enough they could go corner as well because as I said with uh, Denver and Parsons I mean, it's not the worst thing to go secondary in that division. So at this point, you got Newsom, who's a corner who's kind of moved up boards lately. You have Caleb Farley. I think Farley has a back issue. It's kind of scary as a cornerback. You still have Asante Samuel Jr., but I'm going to go... I don't know if Newsom is. Uh, yeah, Let's go Newsom here. Greg Newsom, cornerback out of Northwestern. So now you have the Dolphins back on the clock. They got Panay Sewell at number six. Now, this is a spot where maybe they look to trade back from 18, get a couple more picks, who knows. But, um, sitting here at 18, I think the pick for them at this point. So they went offense around the first pick. They go defense here. I think at this point you go Barrymore from Alabama. Defensive lineman who. When you watch highlights, he's a guy who can be a real disruptive player along the defensive line. Some questions that have been you know, brought up about him. Possibly not taking the coaching well. Not listening. I mean, that might have been in college. I feel like here you take the chance and you hope that he figures it out. Really tries to hone his craft and become a great D-lineman. So, That's the pick for the Dolphins. Now with the Washington Football Team, and yes, they are the Washington Football Team again this year. Although supposedly they are they are working on nicknames. Uh, I think their fans have been given a list to um pick from. And some of them sound pretty cool. Some of them sound awful, but we'll see. So they are a team. If, once again, this pans out as I've put it so far. This is a no-brainer pick. So at 19, Washington football team will take Trey Lance quarterback, North Dakota State once again don't know if this will happen this way because some teams might get jumpy and move up and all this kind of stuff but just going off the draft board as is I think that would be the place for Lance I think it would be a great spot for him to go as I said they got Curtis Samuel in the offseason great get for them Uh, their defense is already pretty good so there's not that much pressure on the young quarterback first year there they have Tyler Heineke as, a, as the backup plan there, who performed really well in the playoff game. I was surprised by that. So he may have an opportunity to start here, and Lance maybe sits a year, but that's where I'm going. Lance is the quarterback. So now you have the Bears at 20. The Bears need a quarterback unfortunately at this point they've kind of been left out of the party and if that were to happen I think this would be a prime pick that they would probably trade and drop back maybe look to take one end of the first round but if they sit here at 20 I think the pick would have to be so they need a quarterback no quarterback here definitely use a wide receiver they could use a corner they could use offensive lines as you can tell they need a lot but if i were running the bears i would go Elijah Moore yeah. Elijah Moore wide receiver out of Ole Miss recently Ole Miss has had a couple of good wide receivers everybody knows DK Metcalf there's another guy whose name has slipped me for some reason but there's another one out there so they don't have their quarterback yet at least you're getting them a young wide receiver to go along with him. They still have Allen Robinson. I believe he's on the one-year franchise tag, so you know Moore and Robinson for one year possibly could be a great tandem there. Um. So yeah, that's the pick at twenty. Now we're getting into the the playoff teams. Um. Try to get through these picks here. Colts at twenty-one. I think the Colts go defense. So here, Indianapolis Colts take Quitty Pay, Edge Guy, Michigan. The defense is already pretty good. Um, they have Carson Wentz on offense. I believe they brought back T.Y. Hilton. So Quitty pay can even make that defense a lot a little better. Um, they could have gone wide receiver here, but I think it'd have been a little high so expect them to go wide receiver at their next pick of course but quitty pay I think is a great great spot to get them here at 21 and like I said give that defense more of a pass rush 22 got the Titans. Titans are another team. Could definitely benefit from a wide receiver to pair up with uh, A.J. Brown. Once again, still a little high. So, I think they go defense here. I mean, you have Jeremiah Wosukoromoa, the linebacker from Notre Dame sitting there who could technically go higher in this draft um, depending on like I said what happens up there like so instance if Patriot's sitting there at 15 quarterbacks are gone Coramoa could go there um, some other teams in the teens but the way that this is shaken out he's still there but I think they go secondary. I think there's because their secondary let them down in their loss last year in the playoffs. So it might be a little risky, but let's go Caleb Farley here. Hopefully the back doesn't become too much of an issue with him. Um I think that'd be a great pick for them. You know, defensively they are pretty solid. But some back end help is definitely needed there. So now we have the Jets back on the clock. Uh, Jets just got Zach Wilson up at number two, so sitting here at number 23. I think they go defense as well. I feel like throughout this exercise, I've doubled doubled up on a lot of positions throughout this thing, which I guess could happen, but... yeah, whatever. Let's keep going with it. So 23 Jets, I think they get Jalen Phillips, edge guy, out of the U Miami. I mean, the Jets come out of this with Zach Wilson, Jalen Phillips... They would have had a pretty good first round. I mean, which, based on past experiences, it'd be a good little win for them. So, Jalen Phillips there, 23. So now 24. So here's the thing. When I thought about the 49ers at number three, and I said maybe they take Kyle Pitts, my thinking was Mac Jones. I don't see him going number three, but apparently that's where they're going. You know, it could be all talk and they could literally do what I think, take Kyle Pitts there. But if Mac Jones were to slide the draft board, I gotta say Pittsburgh would be the perfect spot for him. He'd get to sit behind Ben Roethlisberger for probably a year because Ben is breaking down Now, this is a move the Steelers should have made a couple of years ago, but they haven't, so I think they're going to be forced to take a quarterback at some point this year. But with him not on the board, they got to go somewhere else. And as immobile as Ben Roethlisberger is, you you got to basically load up on the offensive line. So I think at this point they're going to take Walker Little, the tackle out of Stanford. Yeah, just block his blind side and just hope he gets rid of the ball fast enough that at least gives you a shot at making a play here. So now we're back to the Jaguars. Which I mean, the Jaguars need a lot of help, so... You'll probably hear a lot of them throughout the first few rounds of this draft. Um, actually, how many picks do they have? I think they have, like, some crazy number of picks this year. They only have 10. It's not that, that's not that crazy. So, whatever. Uh, they got the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. They have a couple of decent wide receivers, so there's no wide receiver need here. Could go offensive line. think they need a tight end but there's no tight end to really take at this point know what they do here they go defense although with Urban Meyer there I'm sure he would love to take a guy from a school that he coached at but I say they get I hope he pronounces his last name right but Trevon Mooring He's a safety at a TCU. Um, safety is a need for Jacksonville. So, uh, he's the best safety on the board. At this point, Jacksonville, with each of their picks, should just take the best guy available and just go from there. So, that's an obvious pick to me. This is another one. Cleveland, number 26. I think the way of this has worked itself Coromoa is sitting there on the board still Cleveland run up to Goodell take him here at 26 linebacker out of Notre Dame going to Cleveland that would be great spot for him Uh, Coromoa is a guy who if you look at him he plays linebacker literally looks like a safety runs like a Corner, and when he hits you, like go pull up his highlight video on YouTube. Like he is laying people out. I mean, it's it's a great highlight video to watch. So, Cleveland Coromoa, no questions asked. All right, so now we're in the bottom of the first round. I know that this has taken a while. It's been a long episode. But, as you can tell, I'm excited for the draft, so I'm I'm giving you thorough content here. Um, 27, Baltimore. Obvious pick here. They got to go wide receiver. I mean, I've said on here enough that Lamar Jackson needs to become a better passer if Baltimore is serious about making a Super Bowl. I think one way to do that put weapons and you force him to throw to him. There were too many times last year where he would drop back whether guys weren't getting open or he wasn't seeing them. He was taking off way too much and he's not the biggest guy and I would hate to see not saying it's going to happen. He, you know, scrambles takes a hit the wrong way and he ends up like robert griffin Where robert griffin was a dynamic player one injury and it just derailed that train and griffin is now a like career backup he may even be a backup in baltimore i think haven't seen him in a while i'd hate to see that for lamar jackson Like I said, I'm not the biggest Lamar Jackson fan only because I think he gets way too much hype and he's not that great of a passer. So, and if he wants to live up to, well, there's other young quarterbacks who clearly have shown to me that they have the ability to probably make a Super Bowl before him. I mean, Pat Mahomes has already done it. Um, if you ask me Josh Allen I can see Josh Allen leading Buffalo to a Super Bowl before Lamar does in Baltimore right now um, I mean have Baker Mayfield I mean he might be on Baker Mayfield's level I guess just above Baker Mayfield so I say all that to say they go wide receiver here there's two guys you got Terrence Marshall LSU guy, Rondale Moore, who is a guy to watch. He, if he gets the right situation, I mean, he could prove to be one of the better wide receivers in this class. But I think they go to Terrence Marshall. Yes, Terrence Marshall's the guy. And I say that because the thing about Terrence Marshall that is kind of his calling card is he's the guy who'll go up there and get it. So if you have a quarterback who may not be the most accurate guy, a wide receiver like that is what you're gonna need until that quarterback can really hone his accuracy. So Terrence Marshall, perfect pick for Baltimore here at twenty seven. Now we're at twenty eight. We have the Saints on the clock falcon fans i get it you know you can you can roll your eyes here insert eye roll um what an off season for the saints huh drew Brees tires they gave a bunch of money to Taysom hill to be a quarterback even though he's not that good of a quarterback they have Jameis winston see what goes on there i don't know uh they have michael thomas who went from kind of quiet guy you didn't hear from to like locker room malcontent overnight um, sitting here at 28 they could use wide receiver so they could go Rondale Moore they need a linebacker could go Nick Bolton or Zaven Collins another linebacker um, they need a corner let's go corner Sante Samuel Jr. from Florida State is the guy here Sante Samuel Jr. is a I think he's more of a zone guy where yeah he's more of a zone corner you won't see him playing you know press coverage bump and run type stuff too often I'm not saying he can't do it but I feel like most times I saw him he was playing off the ball and he's one of those guys kind of like his dad who reads quarterback eyes and loves to jump the ball to make a play on the ball. So I'm going Asante Samuel to the Saints at 28. Now down to the last four picks. Green Bay at 29. This is going to be a pick everybody's going to be watching because if Aaron Rodgers' threat from earlier today is real and he's done with them then they're probably going to take somebody on offense to try to appease him if they're going to call his bluff they'll go defense which they probably need more which may set Aaron Rodgers off for real and that becomes the story of the offseason I mean good luck to Green Bay I mean if you're a Green Bay Packer fan I don't know how you do it like I said that's another episode another time but good luck to y'all I think the team caves here and they appease Aaron Rodgers so if you're gonna do that You got to go Rondale Moore. Jeez. Yeah, Rondale Moore out of Purdue. He, he's a small guy, though. He's only five seven. Yikes. But what Aaron Rodgers would like about this is he's a playmaker. So he's a guy you get the ball in his hands. He's got speed. He's shifty. He can make plays. Ultimately, isn't that what Aaron Rodgers wants? So, I think that's the play here. All right, so number 30 you got the Buffalo Bills. I think offensively, they are set. If they want to, you know, draft some guys for depth and all that kind of stuff no need to do that here first round picks you should be plugging necessary holes on your team so they gotta go defense here Uh, I think they'd like to get after their quarterback a little better so I think the play here is edge guy and I think they take Aziz on Jalari out of Georgia. Yeah, I think that's the play here. He's um, he's a guy who can play all three downs which is a big deal for a lot of I mean a lot of edge rushers are third down specialists but Anjulari can play the run and the pass and for Buffalo in the AFC East You know New England's going to try to run the ball. The Jets will run the ball. And the Dolphins like to run the ball. So if you have an edge rusher who can play all three downs, that's a win. So I think that's the pick here. Angelari out of Georgia for Buffalo. Now to our final two picks. Now this would have been Kansas City's pick, but Kansas City dealt it to Baltimore I can't remember what the trade was but Baltimore's here so Baltimore has a second pick they just picked 27 now they're picking again at 31 so they took the wide receiver 27 I think here so they could go edge they could go tackle Mm -hmm. so this is a guy who I think was invited to the draft at this point he's going to be the last guy sitting there so it'll probably be um there might be some pressure to pick him here Mm. Yeah, I think they do it here. Gregory Russo, edge guy, out of the U. I think he's a guy early in the draft process was seen as a mid first round guy and then kind of started slipping because I think some other guys did better at their pro day than thought and kind of moved ahead of him. So Baltimore gets him at the end of the first round not a bad move to be honest but but yeah I think that's a a good pick for them good good pick final team of the first round Tampa Bay Buccaneers yes the reigning Super Bowl champion is on the clock Uh, if you listen to Chris Sims they'd look to take a quarterback here I think it's kind of a dumb take yeah, they have Tom Brady for what three more years? You're gonna go quarterback, you do that later. Now for those of you who don't know, Chris Sims has them taking Justin Fields at thirty two. If Justin Fields makes it to the thirty-two I don't know what I would do, but I would I'd lose it. There's no way he's dropping to thirty two. So there's no quarterback here. They're not gonna take one here. That's the dumbest thing but they do have to take somebody they're gonna go defense they need uh, they need D-line help they need a safety secondary help Think they go safety? Think they go in the secondary of this one? Yeah, yeah. I think there's only one guy you can take here, and go ahead and take Elijah Molden, safety out of Washington here. Um, yeah. Thing about him, he's a guy who a little undersized as a safety. But he's a guy who can come downhill, hit you, and he's a sure tackler. That's that's what you really want out of a safety anyway, no matter how big he is. So that's the pick there. I mean, great pick for them. Now, so this place where I did do this mock draft, they actually grade the picks for me, which I think is a great thing. So if you wanted to do this exercise yourself, I mean, it's not sponsored by them or anything but i guess i can shout them out uh it's like pro football focus they have a place where online where you can do your own mock draft so that's what i used and quickly looking at draft grades uh they they actually liked a lot of the people i picked Oh, maybe an NFL team should be calling me up let me get a shot at this yeah I mean I'm actually proud of myself uh, let's see let's see anything that they yeah they gave me 8 pluses on a lot of picks The worst pick they gave me was Walker Little to the Steelers at 24. They gave it a B plus. That's the lowest grade I got. I mean, I'm not saying it, but I'm saying it. I kind of nailed it. So if you want to start a pool with your family and stuff, I'm just saying we got a we got an A draft here that you could use wager on some picks. I don't know. But um but yeah, like I said, really surprised. Trevor Lawrence A plus, Zach Wilson A plus, Mac Jones A plus. They like Mac Jones at number three. Kyle Pitts A. Chase A Sewell A Smith Waddle Parsons A plus. Yeah. Alright. There you are. That is my mock draft for the first round. Um, So as I get this out to you, it will be before the draft, so you can listen to this leading into your draft, watch, party, whatever you plan on doing. Like I said, get you started. And hopefully your team makes the right pick. Hopefully, maybe they follow the pick that I gave you. Like I said, I didn't factor in trades and anything so could be a little different I'll definitely come back next episode will recap the first round of the draft and then get you ready for rounds 2 and 3 I don't know if I'll do a mock for 2 and 3 because I only did one round here and look how long it took although for 2 and 3 I could do one and kind of quickly go through it do a little less analysts. I'm analyzing on the picks. I only did it for the first one because the first one was such a big deal. So, like, once again, apologize for the episode being this long, but I will promise when I do rounds two and three, it will be shorter. Now, like I said, don't know if I'll do a mock draft. I'll think about it. We'll see. If not, I will. Point out some key names that you'll probably hear rounds two and three and where they could possibly go. So, yeah, I might have to do a mock draft in order to do that. So, I guess it'll, it'll either be I might do the mock draft like on the recording or I'll do it before and then highlight people. Yeah, I might do it that way. So, but yeah, so hopefully. You enjoy this episode. Um like I said, I had a lot of fun doing it. Um shout out to Pro Football Focus for that website. It's a great website to go to. Like they give you team needs and those kind of stuff. And yeah, so really helps with the process. Um even if you want to get real deep into the GM thing, it does allow you to do trades on there. I did one before recording and I was just throwing out trades and the website's legit with it like if you make a ridiculous trade offer it'll tell you no if you make a reasonable one it will complete the trade so uh but yeah so once again hope you enjoyed it wherever you're listening to this please hit subscribe um or follow follow the show on twitter at Chopping podcast uh definitely should do it tonight because i will be on twitter during the draft and teams make ridiculous picks. send out a tweet and make a good one i'll do the same thing so we can interact there during the draft why not have some fun there and um i know i said in the last episode uh what's up cast box people As last episode was their first one so i mean all the other episodes are on there but the first time that they were available so what's up you guys um, for those of you who uh, follow me on Instagram which is my page Kyle Edwards but uh, last episode I tried something new and put the episodes out on uh, Instagram TV and got a nice reception there so I'm going to do that again on this episode so If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can do that. And then that way you can get your episodes that way. No problem with me. Um, Still have the YouTube page. It's not a video podcast yet. Thinking about that, but you can get the audio podcast on there as well. And wherever else you listen to podcasts, I'm available there. So definitely subscribe. Help me out. Try to build this community. Let somebody know about it. And... Leave a review if you can. Or like I said, follow me on Twitter. Let's really start interacting with this. As I say at the end of every episode, be safe out there. Uh, God bless. I'll catch you next episode. Like I said, recap round one. Get you ready for rounds two and three. And let's have some more fun like we did tonight. So, thanks so much. Catch you in the next episode. All right.